This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to the Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. We connect with Devin, who is helping the Canadian World Juniors and World U23 teams in Oberwiesenthal, Germany. And you should note that we had an off and on again solid connection during the call. Okay. Again, we're going to start off discussing World Juniors, which was a skate sprint for both the junior men and women today. And then we are going to transition into the Lati Finland World Cup, which was a 15K interval start classic for the men and a 10K interval start classic for the women. We're going to start off here just trying to figure out our sound quality. <laughs> well, maybe down a little bit, but you have scruff. I'm like, well, it's rubbing against something. Is that like a beard or your collar? Yeah, I wish it was a beard. <laughs> a beard, a beard. Oh, beard. <laughs> like no. your beard. No, sorry. How about that? Is that better? Yeah, it's good. Yep. Okay, good. You're you're in lovely Germany, correct? I'm in, I'm in lovely Oberwiesenthal, Germany. And you know what? Before today... I was actually insanely, I was very pleasantly surprised. I, it has been, it has been so much beyond expectation. When we got here, there was no snow and it was pretty bleak. And then it came quite a bit of snow and, and it was looking pretty good. And the courses are actually like in quite good shape now, especially considering how they look only a few days ago. But today the fog was back and it was, a, it was nice and Eastern German, very Eastern German vibe about plus one foggy as I'll get out and windy. So yeah, I expect nothing less from the east side here. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was kind of definitely kind of a monochromatic look to it today with the fog. Oh, um, yeah. Absolutely. But what, are you, what were your thoughts just about the course? I know there was obviously a lot. I, I'm going to speak specifically of the U.S. guys who had maybe three in the top 11 in qualification. You know, Gus Schumacher qualified. No, but Gus, yeah, Gus was first. First. Ogden was third in qualification. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Schoen, Schoenmacher was just outside of the top 10. And then, and then Luke yeah. was down in 21st. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Schoenmacher, yeah, and then Luke was in 21st. Here was just my basic observations of the course from very afar, watching it, you know, the stream they had going on Facebook, um, that it seemed like it was a tough place to move up or easy to box others out, if that's oversimplifying. But I'm just kind of curious what you thought of the course and one's ability to kind of move around and maybe ski tactically from the back rather than just skiing off the front. <laughs> Oh, for sure. But we also have to remember that these guys are the, the guys and girls, they're juniors. So tactically, they're not going to be making the same decisions that the, the World Cup skiers are going to make. And you saw a lot of athletes today that were caught back. But instead of just biding their time and being patient, uh, blowing a lot of energy, just trying to move all over the place, like lighting matches when they when or spending bullets, they they shouldn't have been shooting instead of just waiting for one spot on course, make their move and make it count. So um, there was some turns early. There was a little bit of an S downhill. Uh, but, you know, with the final stretch there, the last uphill had enough room. It was long enough that if you were strong enough and positioned decently well, like a.k.a. not off the back in sixth, uh, that there was enough room, and if you if you were strong enough to get from about fourth or fifth, and then and then finish first by the end, and uh, you know, sadly, some of the Americans, um, they, their qualification was just so outstanding for the men. 
And then it's World Junior, so you don't get to pick your own heats here for those that are used to watching the World Cup. So it just goes it just goes based off your qualification results. And that that cost the Americans a little bit because uh, they had three in the first heat. And that's never that's never good <laughs> if you want to have more chances to move through. Schumacher looks so good in his quarterfinal. He was so on point with his technique, skiing really, really well. In his semifinal, as you suggested, he was skiing. It was a little messy. For sure, he was getting the door closed on him a little bit. But he was also using a lot of energy just trying to move around. And, and, and he wasn't paying enough and in the end he was third in his heat within his semifinal which wasn't bad but the sad reality was that his heat wasn't quite fast enough and Ben who had just a fantastic qualification an amazing quarterfinal where he just blew the doors off everyone up that hill semifinal as well hey folks just a quick interruption here we had some technical difficulties and the call was dropped we're going to pick up here with Devin which was actually on Skype so it has a slightly different sound quality to it and we are continuing to, to discuss the junior world sprint that went down today thanks yeah so we're talking about the world juniors which are taking place in Oberwiesenthal, germany which is a venue right on the czech bob uh czech border so we're we're in east germany and it's fairly bleak out it's uh it was very cloudy you made a mention of it being very monochromatic and it was that today very very much foggy and a uh, good deal of wind, so it made for an exciting, uh, or not exciting, a moody, a moody sprint for the World Juniors. Uh, we were discussing before we got dropped to some technical issues that the American men just put together a fantastic qualification. Uh, they were just skiing at such a high level. It was very, very exciting. They had three men in the top 11. Dust Schumacher qualified first, Ben Ogden qualified third, Schumacher qualified 11th and then Luke Yeager qualified in 21st, I believe. Yes, 21st. So it was a great day for the American men. The American women didn't fare quite as well, qualifying only one woman uh, through to the heats. But still, great racing by the American men to qualify all four. And and it was just a fantastic start to the day. A little bit of a challenge. They had three in the top, in the first heat of the quarterfinal. That, the reason being for those that follow the, the World Cup, at World Juniors, you don't get to pick your heats. So it's back to the old system, which is just based on your qualification. So they're a little unlucky there. <laughs> it's always nice to spread out your horses. Um, they had three, and sadly, only, Gus, only Schumacher was able to move on from that first heat, and Ben Ogden was in a deeper heat, but he had no problem moving through. And uh, now Ben was just skiing incredibly well in his quarterfinal. So was Gus. Like they were just skiing so beautifully, attacking, really well positioned. You had made a mention that it could be a bit tough to pass on the course. And I look at it a little differently. I look at it as, <laughs> as if I saw a lot of juniors out there racing today and they're not making the same decisions that seasoned World Cup racers would make. <laughs> What I mean by that is a lot of athletes, and Gus actually, I'm sad to say, in his semifinal was caught into this um, situation. They were struggling to be patient. They, they would be caught behind a little bit, and then instead of just saying, okay, well, I'm caught behind, but there's a big climb and then a long finishing stretch, which is into the, a huge headwind. So you need some good energy and snap there. Um, they're trying to 
they're trying to pass around every corner and we all know how hard it is to pass in corners. If you go wide, you're getting, you're getting squeezed to the outside. And if you go on the inside, of course, somebody's going to close the door on you and they should. I mean, if I was a sprinter in that race, I would close the door on you too. If you were trying to come by me in, in the pine boughs or right on the apex of the corner, like right on the inside, of course, I'll shut the door on you too. And that happened to Gus uh, quite a few times in his semi and it was just too much energy for him, like messing around back there. And when it came down to the stretch, he was third in his heat, which wasn't so bad, but not good enough to move on. So that was disappointing, I'm sure, for Gus, even though seventh is a fantastic result. But when you qualify first and look as good as, as Gus did today, of course, he was he was hoping for more. Ben had a little bit of a different story. He had, again, a great quarterfinal in the semifinal, amazing semifinal as well by Ben until the last 30 meters of that race where he completely came undone. And luckily the finish line came quick enough for him to move through. But in the final, he, he was out of gas right from the first, right from the word go. It, it was obvious that he hadn't recovered from that big effort in the semi and, and he was never a factor. So again, when you qualify third and you looked as good as you did in his, uh, when he looked as good as he did in his, his uh, quarterfinal, of course, I'm sure the U S even though sixth, seventh and, and 11, no, oh, sorry, sixth and seventh, in the top 10, uh, Schumacher was 11th in his qualification, but got knocked out in the quarters. Um, but sixth and seventh on the day is a solid day for the U S but this team won the world junior relay last year and they were, they're here for medals and they are medal threats every day. Um, Schumacher made some bad tactical decisions in the semifinal and that left him just outside. And then Ben just ran out of gas. Okay. And Remy, uh, I'm just looking, I don't have the overall look, uh, up here, but I have like the brackets and Remy, Drolet, who is Canadian, qualified in 16th for the guys. And um, how did he finish? I, I can pull that up in a second. He was 23rd. He was 23rd on the day. And he, he was a little disappointed. And he was frustrated as well. And, and he he had a quarterfinal a little bit like Gus's semifinal, actually, uh, only worse. <laughs> he was getting the door closed on him all over the place early in the course. And like I said, early in the course, there was a lot of corners. Uh, you were changing direction a lot. And he was uh, reminded me of Perez Yohug in a spring heat, which is just like moving back and forth and back and forth, looking for an opening, looking for an opening and just getting shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down. And, um, you know, when the real race played out, he was caught out of position and he had wasted a little too much energy messing around, trying to find a hole when there wasn't one earlier in the, in his heat. And, and he had to settle for fifth in his heat, which of course he's disappointed, but for him to qualify 16th shows that he's in, he's in good shape. I've been watching him train. I've been helping him test skis and talking with Remy a lot. And, and he looks to be in good shape here. So in the distance races last year, he was seventh in the 30 K classic. So the next race for Remy is a 10K classic, and that'll be really exciting to to see how it goes for him there because the the race suits him very well, and and he has a little bit of fire now. He's a little bit of fire after a frustrating after a frustrating quarterfinal, and so it'll be it'll be exciting to see him throughout the week. And I am really excited about our Canadian women actually because we had two women in the top 30 last year. We had no women in the top 30 for the juniors. And this year we had, we had Elizabeth Elliott, who was 23rd and she got caught up in a crash, which sucked because she was having such a great day and she's been looking so good the last few days. She crashed early, which was such a major bummer, but she got back up. The top four were totally gone, but she was able to make sure that she came fifth in her heat instead of sixth. Uh, she got taken down by a German steer. 
I will try and pronounce her last name, but the German skier's last name is hard to pronounce. It's Lohenschinke. I don't know. Jessica Lohenschinke. Wow. I, okay. I wouldn't have pronounced it that way. That was okay. But let, we're going to go with that. That's, I pronounce it. You know what? I pronounce it a hundred percent Norwegian. So I have no idea how to pronounce it. That works uh, for Lohen, me. Yeah. And uh, Benita Pfeiffer, she was 25th. She qualified 30th right on the bubble. And I was really proud of her for nipping one girl out there in her heat and and really playing the game, like really in, in the heat and trying to mix it up. And she ended the day in 25th. So while maybe 23rd and 25th doesn't sound so exciting uh, for, a, for an armchair fan, when compared to our junior women last year where we had none in the heat, this was a, this was a good step. And, and uh, it's a, a solid start for us and the American men moving forward. I mean, it was a great start for the American men, if we're honest, but they're just so good. They won the relay last year. And they're not they're not here for six and seven, so I'm sure they're disappointed. But maybe it'll maybe it'll Gus will for sure have a chip on his shoulder because he'll look back at that race and go like, man, uh, there was no I had no business not making it to the final today. And then maybe we'll look back at his quarterfinal and went like, wow, that was a very impressive show of strength. But maybe I should have saved a little bit because in the final, like there was he was out of gas after 15 seconds. Okay, and not to leave it, and Novi McCabe from. Uh, the U.S. She placed twenty second on on the day and qualified nineteenth. So she had a good showing, but yeah, I'm sure she too. Um, you know, she had a strong World Juniors last year, and um, quote, you know, I'm sure all, they're all looking for more. And I, you know, frankly, I think it's cool. Like looking at the Canadians, that was almost the first thing I looked at. I was like, okay, did Canadians qualify for the heats? Oh, no, no, I, I, I was just going to say, I totally agree. I mean. We had none in the heat last year, like I said, and we had two today. And then Tom Steven, he's had a tough year. He's been sick a bunch. But the major the major issue was the day he was supposed to travel to Norway, he sent it in Camor on his mountain bike. He's a great little mountain biker. And him and his buddy, Zav, Xavier McKeever, who's also here, uh, he, he decided to send it on a World Cup descent on his mountain bike, endoed spectacularly, broke a bunch of ribs and, and shattered his collarbone. So it hasn't been exactly the smoothest, <laughs> smoothest uh, run into World Juniors here. And yet he, he was 36, so just outside qualifying. But again, last year, Tom was back in the 50s in the spring qualifier. And then this year with uh, just a major derailment like that, that mountain bike crash to come back, qualify for the, for the championship is impressive. And he's only 17 and he was just outside. So the future looks bright for... For, for the Canadians as, uh, as well, even the ones that didn't quite make it in. Yeah, and so this is our this is going to be my segue into the World Cup in Lati. Is um, it's cool to look at World Juniors and see a lot of different nations. In particular, like for example, I think Poland had a woman who came in second today in in the sprint. So it's just cool to see. Uh, yeah, things changed up a bit. Which brings us to oh, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, which brings us which, which is a great segue. I mean, you had a Swiss woman in third, right. a Polish right. woman in second, right. and a Swedish woman winning. Which we're used to seeing the Swedish women win in sprints. But I uh, know Poland, coached by Justina Kowalczuk and also Lucas Bauer, is on staff with the. Which is maybe the people at home don't know that, but Lucas Bauer is a Czech athlete. He won the overall World Cup. Great classic skier. Great classic skier, and uh, he's now coaching the Polish team. And there you go; they had a Polish woman in second today, so that was that was great to see. And just another little tidbit there: the before we move on from World Juniors, the the Swiss athlete who came third today, her name is Siri Vigid. 
She's born in 2003. She has three more years of World Juniors, and she's starting this off with a podium performance. So please, Central Europe, let's, let's all cheer for her and uh, hope that her next three years, yes, you heard that right, three years of World Juniors, she'll be one to watch. That's quite the performance by the Swiss, but let's segue right on in. We're going to start with the men because it's going to be a short little recap. Yeah, yes. Holy Lordy Almighty. God, when is this Russian-Norway Two Nations Cup going to finish? Yes, I know Niskanen won. Yeah. But if you didn't think Niskanen was going to win, then you haven't checked his record at home in Finland. I don't know how he does it, but every time there's a race in Finland on the World Cup, he wins. Yeah, it's, it today, is a little wacky. He won. Right. <laughs> it is. Oh, it's totally wacky. And I hate to make this comparison because we'll just get a whole bunch of hate mail, but that's kind of part of the fun. The only other athlete that had that same that same uh, reputation was Andreas Verpelu, oh, who would always win yeah. in Estonia. Okay. But he's a dope, but he's a doper. So... I'm not, I'm not insinuating that Niskanen is doping. That is not at all what I'm saying. But I, I didn't know at the time that Andreas Verpelu was a doper. Uh, but he always seemed to win in Estonia, and it was just crazy. But at least with Verpelu, he only won in Otapa. Niskanen, he doesn't seem to have, you know, he doesn't only win in Lockheed. Like, he'll win anywhere in Finland. You know what I mean? He'll win in Ruka. He'll win in, he'll win in Lockheed. Well, I was going to say, like Ruka or Lati. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but one's in the fall and one's in the, and one's in the, at the end of the year, one's in March every year. So, and as we've talked about so long, and maybe that was a bad joke, but I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to insinuate anything. I don't think Evo is, is cheating. Uh, but Evo has been very strong this whole season. And in classic, like we've talked about ad nauseum, he is absolutely up there if you don't believe and you don't put niskanen in the hunt to win races in classic then you haven't been following the major championships over the last few years he's the olympic champion in the 50k he's the world champion in the 15k classic in Lottie in 2017 and today he skied absolutely beautifully i mean he looks so snappy he was attacking and comes away with the win which is kind of nice when the 10 others after him are all russians or norwegians right Right. In particular, Bolshinov, who like is pipped out by 10 point something seconds for the win. Um, are you surprised that, you know, even with the splits that he's given, I think uh, Niskanen was in bib 38, Bolshinov was bib 60. He's got lots of information, lots of data to go on in terms of pacing. Are you surprised that Bolshinov didn't take it? Oh, you know what? <laughs> it was kind of funny because before the race, I'm like, well, Bolshinov's going to have a real motivation for today after that absolute fiasco to end the ski tour last week. But after I saw the first few K of Niskanen today, I'm like, man, you know what? Good luck. I mean, Niskanen was just not giving an inch. He was attacking. He looked so snappy. He was so crisp with his kicks and there, there was nobody that was going to knock him off, knock him off that top spot of the podium. But Niskanen and Bolshinov absolutely destroyed the field. This was a very short 15 K 32 minutes and 15 seconds for a classic 15K is very unusual. They don't have any snow in Lockheed. They're another place that's really struggling with snow. This was done on a 3K loop. And uh, Holand to be 28 seconds back, 28.8 seconds back in third in a 32-minute 15K is an absolute demolition by Niskanen and Bolshinov on the field. So it was uh, – they, they crushed. They absolutely crushed the field. And 
um, yeah, I mean, Bolshinovsky did well, but Niskanen was just so motivated. <laughs> just attacking those hills and, and the flats and everything. He looked great today. Um, any, anything else of note? I mean, like we've already mentioned, it, it was a Norwegian-Russian show. Niskanen takes it, which would have been probably the sure bet if you were playing those odds. And it looks like Bolshinov is pretty much locking up the overall and the distance World Cup at this point. I mean, do you see any challenge there? Oh no, no, no one, no, no one's going to challenge Bolshinov, and he has he has home and colon coming up next week, and it's in classic. So the overall distance cup and the overall World Cup, I mean, it's all but over. I mean, Bolshinov has been so strong, and he has just such strong races coming down the stretch here. So he won't be touched, and it'll like I said before, it'll be the first ever Russian Federation overall World Cup globe because the last time somebody won from that part of the world. It was Vladimir Shmirnov racing for the Soviet Union. Okay. So, but I've no, the, the only thing before we move on to the women and touch base a little bit yeah. there, uh, Thomas Maloney, Thomas the yeah, best guard yeah, yeah. Maloney. From Ireland. 16. Yeah. He's Ireland. He lives in Norway, so and he's Norwegian. But still, he's born in 1995, and 16th is a heck of a race. And I know the, the this, this World Cup schedule is just like – the only thing more ridiculous than the men's racing right now with only two, a two nations cup is, is, is the fifth schedule. Uh, so this wasn't the strongest 15 K classic field of, of the year. And a lot of athletes are running on fumes, especially this weekend. So close to the ski tour, but Hey, 16th for the Irishman slash Norwegian. That's a great race. He's born in 95. He's got a lot of other, a lot of other great chances, and it uh, looks like the training camp for the Germans in Oberstdorf as they skipped the ski tour and skipped a whole bunch of World Cups really didn't pay a lot of dividends at their best racer back in 18. That's true, but I have to say, like, watching watching the World Junior, the, the announcer on the Facebook live feed for World Juniors, who I'm assuming was German, seemed pretty stoked about the world, the German Juniors, so that's good. Just saying. No, I and mean, the German junior, the German, the junior, the juniors are great. Like they usually are. And today they had a junior man in third and they had two men in the final. So the future looked bright, but the future has looked bright almost every single season for the German team on the junior side of things. So I hope they can figure it out and get these guys racing at the top end of the sport like they have in the mid 2000s because they have a lot of talent. And they have a lot of talent every single year. But uh, on the World Cup, on the men's side of things, if you don't have a Russian flag or a or a Norwegian flag beside your name, it uh, seems to be borderline impossible, unless you're Niskanen to be in the top <laughs> top ten in distance races. So let's talk for uh, just another minute about this guy from Ireland, because at first I was like, oh yeah, I, amazing, and then when I started googling his name, I think it's his second World Cup individual start. Um, I think he was like twenty second or something in home and colon last year, um, which is great but i was really hoping that he truly was from ireland but then i saw the yeah. sort of derivation of his name and realized that he's a dual passport or a dual citizen of norway and ireland mostly attributing the skiing probably to the norwegian side of the family correct no yeah yeah i bet you have to assume that i mean but but that said like you said it should be celebrated. Last season, he was 22nd in home and colon. And it wasn't his second World Cup start. He's done actually quite a bit of World Cups, but it was his second oh, top okay. 30. It was his second top 30 ever. Sorry about that. I forgot whatever query I punched into my fist feed there. No, no, no worries. No, no, no. It, but still, like he, he, he's been, he, I wouldn't say he's a veteran, but he, he started his World Cup career in Lillehammer in 2016. 
and he was back in the 80s and 70s. So four short years later, he comes away with a 16th place in the World Cup, and a 16th place in the World Cup is a very, very solid result. So a great result by him no matter what country you're from. And uh, you know what? Maybe it's just the luck of the Irish. Okay, let's jump over to the women's side when the purest of Norwegian Norwegians, Johag, really squeaks out a win today over Eva Anderson. Yeah, oh, and you know what? Like we've been talking about a lot this year, like – I know Tavetha keeps winning. I know we get emails. It's like, how come you keep saying you're like, you're enjoying the women's side of things. Like Tavetha just wins everything. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? The racing is really fun on the women's side. I, I just, I mean, sometimes when Tavetha crushes the field, if you look from second to 10th, there's a lot of nations, there's a lot going on. There's beautiful skiing happening. Technique is really on point. Um, hard charging women out there. So I, I, today, what a great race. I mean, Ed Anderson, 22, she's actually going to get on a plane and come down here to these under 23 championships. And she's scheduled in penciled in to race already on Tuesday, um, for the classic race, the 15 K classic race here at under 23s. And today three seconds from the win. So that was Yohug. Yohug barely won that. She won it by the skin of her teeth. Uh, and Yohag wins 60, her 63rd distance World Cup, beating Mart Bjergen's record of 62. So while Mart Bjergen's record for Olympic medals will probably never be, well, not in my lifetime, be touched and, uh, for cross-country skiing, and also her overall tally for just World Cup wins, because it's crazy, because there was years there that she didn't lose a sprint. Terezi Yohag at 31, at 31 years old, remember, Mara Bjergen retired at 38, has passed Mara Bjergen for World Cup wins in distance skiing. So she's dominant. There's no question about that. So that was a little extra special for Teresa today. Maybe she didn't even really notice till a journalist asked her, but it is a, still a cool little stat. And it was great to see Krista Parmakowski back up on the podium to do it at home in Lockie as well. Gave the Finnish fans something to cheer about. And it's just so the usual suspects after that. Um, you know, but Frida back and forth, great race by her. She, I remember watching her absolutely dismantle the competition in the distance races at the world junior championships last year, which were in Lockie. And it's a course that suits her, uh, you know, those steeper climbs, those punchier climbs. And she's just so good on that train. And it was great to see Frida back up at the top level of the sport. You know, she's had a lot of challenges with, with her health being held out of races that sort of thing doesn't has not raced that much this year has obviously had to adjust her training completely, which is the right decision when you're, when you're flying a little too close to the sun or, or just on the edge, you never know what I, I, I should, I shouldn't stipulate what the reasons were, but regardless, she has been held out of competition for health reasons this year. And a fourth place in the world cup is a fantastic, fantastic result that no matter how you're, you're running to the, to the races went and then Neprieva in sixth and, and of course Astrid in ninth, but in the, in the, in the, in the women's field, I want to give a headache, Katarina headache in, in eighth place, in eighth place. Yeah. I was just going to say that Germany did quite well. Yeah. No, it was a great race by her. I, I, I still feel so bad for her that she didn't get a chance in the ski tour last week because she's had a couple top tens here this year. And it would have been just so great to see how she did last week in, in the ski tour, but the German Federation opted to not show up. So that, that, was, that was a great comeback for her. 
And then uh, Johanna Matinalo, Matinalo <laughs> was 10th. Oh, top, top, yeah. Top from 10. Finland. Yeah, from Finland. And she's been knocking on the door a little bit as well. She's a great under 23 athlete in the years past and junior as well. So to have two Finnish women in the top 10 at home and it not being missed. Because Kier 2 probably is a little disappointed to be 13th. She's a great classic skier when she's on form. But it's nice to see younger Finnish women mixing it up in the top 10 again. So I thought the women's race was a lot more exciting, of course, just because uh, that Ebba anderson Terezio hug battle. Ebba is only 22 years old, as I mentioned uh, only a few moments ago. And really taking Yohug right right to the right to the line like that was uh, made made for an exciting competition. And she is or not you just noted that uh, Anderson will be racing on Tuesday in at World Juniors or U twenty threes in Germany in and Carlson making the jump over there as well. I actually was kind of no a bit surprised to see her on the start list today. Yeah, I was too I was a little surprised to see her on the start list today purely because they made an announcement that no Frida Carlson will not be partaking in the under 23 championships. They're still trying to ease her back in to a, to a racing schedule. Uh, if you recall, she had to drop out in Ostersund already. So she only did one weekend of racing in the ski tour and then, and then was pulled. But I would have thought that she would have came down and done one race at the under 23s. But you know what? Good on the Sweden Swedish Federation to, to stick to their guns and stick to their strategy and say like, no, you, you have to limit your racing. And it, but it is too bad for me. I mean, I'm here. So it was great to see Frida try and mix it up with the, with the best under 23 athletes in the world, but, and also Ebba. I mean, I'm more, I'm more, I don't know if I'm impressed. I'm, I'm almost, to be perfectly honest, I'm a little surprised that Ebba is going to make the journey down here to, to Germany when Holman Coleman is already next weekend. Um, but you know what? Having a world title next to your name is is never uh, never a bad thing. And if for those at home that are going like, how can you say that? Like she hasn't raced yet, but just look at her results. When Eva Anderson's on form, she's rarely out of the top five in the World Cup. And at these championships, the under twenty three World Junior Championships, the under twenty three field is most of the time the weaker field because often a lot of great athletes on the World Cup happen to be under twenty three. Johannes Klebo comes to mind, for example. And they never, they never stepped down to the under-23 championships to race. Bolshinov as well, he was under-23, but he never came down and, and raced because he was just a beast on the World Cup. So, uh, Ebba Anderson coming here is uh, going to make for quite, quite the competition. And if she doesn't win a gold medal, I'll be extremely surprised. Okay. Um, one thing of note, we really haven't mentioned the U.S. women, and uh, you know, I think Sadie Bjornsson or Sadie Moby Bjornsson and Jesse Diggins are in your neck of the woods, back in Susan, I think, at a post ski tour training. Yeah, camp. they're in Susan preparing. Yeah, and Rosie Brennan yeah. was nineteenth today, but she's probably, you know, again, I'm not going to make excuses for anyone, but just carrying load, as are many of these skiers carrying load after the ski tour, uh, 2020. So, oh, for sure, and. And you know what? And you know what? Like 19th, if you look at where maybe super fans would have liked to see her, uh, maybe they, I, they would like to see her kind of around like 8th to 12th because that's her high watermark, really. That's been her high watermark, although she's been very consistent there. Um, but she wasn't so... She, she, yeah, she's been 6th maybe a couple of times in Davos or something. No, no, exactly. But I mean, just lately, like her high watermark after, after Christmas. And... 
And yet she's not so far off that today, you know, like she's 25 seconds off that. Uh, that that's not so bad. And, and uh, of course, she'll 19th. These are solid results. And man, all these tours, I mean, we're doing like 8,000 tours. We're traveling every single week. When you're an American, you never get to go home. Uh, good honor for, for having the, having the guests and the drive to show up and keep competing at that week in, week out. And it'll be nice for her. I'm sure she's looking forward to getting back onto North American soil and then finishing up this season, which has been a great season for Rosie Brennan. And it's been so fun to see Rosie back in the game here because she is an absolute fighter and had gone through some, some tougher periods in her career the last couple of seasons. So awesome to see her put together. Now it's March or it's going to be March tomorrow. So, um, you know, yeah, she's put together, yeah, exactly, but she's put together, she's put together a great season this year. So no matter what happens in the last three weeks of this world cup season, um, she, she has definitely put together a great from start to almost finish season. Okay. In closing, did, I don't know if you were able to watch, you know, beyond like looking at live timing and so forth, were you able to see any of the, the footage from the world cup today or maybe at the start? Yeah, I did. So yeah, no, I did. I, I, yeah, it's all good. So have you ever seen that huge, lovely lake in Lati open water this time of year? I never have. I never have. Okay. I, I mean, it kind of struck have. me as like, my God, it's a beautiful lake. And yeah, it just struck me as kind of an ominous sign. It's like, wow, this it's open water. It was a total ominous sign. And you're absolutely right. And actually, we were discussing it in the truck today while we were working. I mean, Eve, Eve Bilodeau, who's our head technician for the Canadian national team, he's been a technician, I don't know, since the Middle Ages. Uh, and uh, he, we were commenting, he's like, I have never seen Lottie look so meager with snow before in my entire career. And we didn't mention the lake, actually, but we were mentioning that it was just the strip of snow through the woods, which is not something we're used to in Lottie, Finland. And good eye for that. I mean, that is, that is super bizarre. And in my career, I, I, I don't know, my memory's not good enough. I, I, but I've been, I've been to Lockheed a few times in my career and I, I've never seen it. And that was over a 16 year stretch. So, uh, definitely, definitely strange to see. Did you ever go out for some nightlife in Lottie? You know what? The nightlife in Lottie is absolutely famous. Yeah. Like people right. love partly people love partying in Lottie and it's yes. just so much fun. I am the mega dork. I have never been out partying in Lati. I haven't even gone out. I haven't even gone out for an hour. You know what? I just hang out in the kind of scrappy hotels, which they put us in. Yeah. And uh, technicians and other athletes uh, have gone out and come back with rave reviews. But uh, I don't know, man. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just a bit beat down at the end of the racing season, too. Right? Sure. I've never gone out in Lati. I just think that there there seems to be an affinity for a couple of things that maybe would you would have fit right in, but like, and I not to beat on this, but like there seemed to be back in like 2017 a prevalence of mullets, <laughs> and also like a huge if well I'm serious, but a huge affinity for like serious heavy metal. Oh yeah, which is not my thing. No, it's not my thing. But either. I was like, oh, wow, God. yeah, those stuff that is not my lots thing. of heavy metal. But people, I mean, like, it is. I, this is not a stretch. Like on the World Cup tour, Lockie has a, a reputation as kind of a great place to go out and party, which is kind of funny because the Finns, they're not the smiliest folks ever, but uh, put some Scandinavian death metal pumping on the speakers and a couple 
couple yeah right there couple barley pops and they really loosen up apparently but i i have no firsthand experience in that so you'll have to just take my word for it uh okay all right we'll have a uh a good night and what's the weather report for tomorrow are they expecting in germany oh god more 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 of this it's east germany Jason. okay yeah. the weather forecast every winter is the exact same gray gray and windy <laughs> all right all right but, uh, well we'll have to see no but we're, we're actually I'm, I'm just making i mean that is the actual weather forecast but okay well have a have a good night yeah thanks jason yeah cheers bye all right take care bye thanks for listening